winter is here. Winter is absolutely here. It's been coming, but now winter is here. Welcome to Lockdown Marlins. It's your host, Peter Pratt, at Friday edition. Appreciate everyone joining me for my first week on the hosting gig of Lockdown Marlins. Only me, only I, would accept a new hosting gig on a daily Marlins podcast. Yes, this is a daily podcast. If you haven't subscribed, go and do it now. Get subscribed. Monday to Friday, they're going to be dropping. But only I would do this as the CBA, the Collective Bargaining Agreement, expires and the players are now locked out. So there's going to be no news. There's going to be no discussions. There's going to be nothing. (laughs) But we're going to make it fun, no doubt. But the show must go on. Locked on Marlins will continue right through this lockout however long it may be. And listen, we all, we were all tracking the news. The collective bargaining agreement was due to expire. And in my opinion, uh, seemingly the sides were never close on a deal. It never felt anywhere near to getting done on time. What does it mean? Well, I'm going to dig into that a little bit on this this episode. And actually, I'm going to get a few guests on next week and the week after to help bring some of this to life. What does it all mean? What are the key sticking points? What should you know? What should we be worried about? I guess as fans of of baseball, heading into the twenty twenty two season. So we'll get into that. Uh, firstly, just want to recap on the Marlins. This is the Friday episode. On the Thursday episode, it was recorded, and the expectation was perhaps that the Marlins had another bomb, another bomb, ready to rock and roll. Perhaps. Didn't happen in the end, so the Marlins didn't make that major move before the CBA expires. And in effect, that hits that's the pause button for the Marlins. We know they're going to be out there searching for outfielders. We know that. Whether they're a center fielder or a corner outfielder, it's up for debate. I'm not totally convinced that, that Avi Garcia is the solution in center field. Perhaps Jazz Chisholm could be, if you need an internal option. Perhaps Jazz could could go and play some some center field, maybe. Then all of a sudden, Wendell, Miggy, Rowe, um, B.A., and uh, maybe Aggie and and Lewin platoon at first base, maybe that's what your infield becomes. Jazz goes out in center field. I don't know, but I think all the news is pointing towards the Marlins making a major splash again in the outfield, likely via trade, seems to be the vibes. And I still believe the most likely is either A., a deal with the Angels that was nearly completed at the deadline, or the Marlins go absolutely balls deep and they plow in and get Juan Soto here. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I'm not convinced that, that A, the, the Nats are going to be able to extend Soto. Um, he's going to be looking for an all-time record deal, and I'm not convinced that the, the Nats' timeline is going to be aligned to that. We'll wait and see on Soto, but I do believe teams will be calling on Juan Soto to see if they can get the Nats to, to waver a little bit. Wait and see, but it's going to be, we're going to have to hit the pause button on that one for the Marlins in the next few, what, weeks, months, perhaps? Let's hope it's not years. Let's hope it isn't that long that it takes to get this CBA done and we have, we miss a full year. I mean, I'd be shocked if that was where we landed, but you know, let's get into it. What does this all mean? You know, from the outside looking in, like I said, it never felt like the sides were close at all to getting a deal done. But the expiry 
of the CBA in early December. Does that matter? I don't think it does. It doesn't really matter. The timeline, it doesn't matter right now because there's no baseball that's expected to be played. I'm not expecting any games. Players aren't being paid right now for this. No one's losing right now. Um, I guess one of the funny elements is that MLB.com's had to remove all of the the player profile picks, um, so all of the <laughs> all of the faces are gone, replaced by the the new ghost image, let's say. And it's been a, a funny knock-on effect on Twitter, seeing everyone updating their profile picks. If you haven't seen it, go and check out Randy Dobnak's one. I think that was my my favorite. He uh, he pimped up his his avi with the uh, the full handlebar mustache as as standard and the and, and the glasses. So you know, tip my cap to Randy Dobnak. That was a a nice play, but. Um, you know, the the players, there's no baseball expected right now. Um, it doesn't, this is all part of a negotiation. And so a, a lockout, it doesn't really do anything right now. But I think when we look at what the what the sticking points could be, and I think this is the interesting bit, like from, from the outside, what is it, what are the key talking points that will be discussed as part of this this renegotiation? And for me, there's a couple of real obvious ones. Like as fans of the game, we we see things that don't feel right, that we know are problems with the sport and should be addressed um, between the players and the owners to make the game better, to make things fairer for players. And I think there's some really, really obvious ones. And for me, P1, this may not be P1, for everyone, but for me, P1 is the working conditions of the minor leaguers. Like, from the outside looking in, it's absolutely shocking the way things have been allowed to carry on with the minor leaguers. In in effect, the these professional athletes that are the lifeblood of Major League Baseball are effectively on... They're, they're, it's slave labor. It's slave labor going on here with these minor leagues where they're, they're not being paid anywhere near what they should be. They're being paid way below minimum wage for, you know, just mundane jobs, just the bare minimum jobs. These professional sports athletes on below minimum wage. And at the same time, they've been asked to house themselves in any city at any given time, in any location. The clubs haven't been forced to provide the basic essentials that they should be providing for employees. So for me, that, and we've seen some movement in this area that, you know, the housing situation perhaps will be resolved or improved, which absolutely it should be. But also, you know, the the pay, the pay element for these professional guys, it's, it's way below. And for me, I'd love to see the players take a massive stand to get to get it fair fair payment for these professional athletes that are like i said are the lifeblood of major league baseball every player should have a connection to that because they've all been minor league players themselves and they know the value of that and what it means and what it meant to them so i'd love for the players to make that p1 get the minor league sorted from the owner's side, it's going to be interesting because clearly if if they're looking to effectively increase the spend required for minor league baseball, what does that mean? Are they going to look to try and 
reduce minor league baseball, reduce the number of teams, the number of teams, players, etc., to keep their costs, their cost base at a, a similar level to what it is now. I don't know, but you know we've got to hope that that doesn't happen. That they find a way to make the minor league situation more sustainable for the players themselves and give just equal or fair remuneration for what they're doing. They're being asked, what, nine, ten months worth of of work for, what, less than ten grand a year? It's absolutely shocking. And house themselves in expensive cities? Crazy. Absolute crazy situation. And I really do hope that is one of the, the key elements that is addressed. There's a couple more that I want to dig into. Um, before we get into that, let's get into Built Bar. And it is the holiday season. And we need to grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, a Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. What a combo. Give it to me. Sign me up. So many flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors, battle all the holiday shoppers, or if you're just standing in the endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order right now. That's built.com with promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order right now. Okay, so what other issues are there? What are the other obvious issues and problems? We've talked about the minor leaguers. and As fans, we can see it. We can see that already. What's the other one that always pops up? It's service time manipulation. We're all fans. We want to see the best players playing the game. And like I said yesterday on Twitter, baseball is nothing without the players. And we want to see the best players playing the game. Problem is, the current situation means that clubs are incentivized to manipulate the amount of, of service time so they can extend the control over their players, their assets. That they Listen, they've drafted them. They're developing them. I can completely understand it. From a, from a club and an owner perspective, they want to maximize the value of those assets by retaining control. So absolutely, I can see why it happens. So this is a, is a clear area that needs addressing. And it's bad for the game. Again, like I said, as a fan, this is bad for the game. We've seen some stuff mooted around uh, in the past couple of days around maybe some proposals that were made that were more heavily linked to, to age and rather than service time itself, getting to free agency at a certain age would in effect remove some of those service time challenges where it's pointless sitting a guy there when he's he's going to cross the threshold in, in, in five years' time anyway. So get him going now. Get him playing now. So I think that's absolutely one of the, the other key areas. Clearly, though, with that, that accelerates the free agency process for these guys so all of a sudden the top players are getting to free agency quicker quicker than they've ever done so what does that mean i guess overall 
you end up with a a higher valued roster. Teams lose players quicker than they have done before. Players are then have the ability to earn more and earlier than they've ever done before. All of this is just saying that the players are are, are leaning towards getting more money. <laughs> and I guess this is going to be the root of the problem. That these this problem of service time manipulation, the net result will be that, that free agency will appear quicker for some players. And thus, they have the ability to earn more quicker. And thus, the teams will need to pay more to either retain or to sign these guys. And that's a problem for the owners. You can clearly see from the outside looking in why that would be a sticking point. <laughs> clearly, the owners are going to want to battle that as hard as they can. They want the players to be controlled, cost-controlled for as long as possible, as long as they are valuable players. Clearly, if uh, if players flame out, you know, I, I, Lewis Brinson's a good example of that. With Brinson, he's in arbitration. The Marlins could have could have retained him. They decide actually he isn't he isn't valuable enough at that at that number, or you know, to to retain him. So, you know, it isn't those guys. It's the guys that are that are, I guess, going through full arbitration. But nevertheless, I can see that as clearly as a fan, the the service time manipulation is a problem. But at the back end, you can see the owners fighting that one hard because of the obvious, seemingly obvious knock-on effects to player earnings and what that means overall. So the other piece then I think that's that's then called out is, you know, linked to that is is the number of arbitration years as well. And whether you know whether players can get to free agency quicker in general. So it's almost like you either have a, an arbitration, a shortened arbitration period plus then an age cap, both of them two, meaning that players get to free agency quicker. Interestingly, you know, Rob Manfred's out there peddling all sorts of, of tripe, to be honest. Um, around you know, how buoyant the market is, and you know how much of a wild free agency this is the, a record-breaking free agency for for November. Well, absolutely, of course it is because, well, you know there was a reason for that. Normally, all of this activity happens in December, Jan, and Feb, but no, it was all shoehorned into into November. Deals were getting signed like never before because of this deadline, the CBA expiry, and so you know, I think he's talking absolute rubbish there. You know, the he did make an interesting point, though. I have to say, the the way that contracts work in baseball, these yeah, these ten year, three hundred million dollar contracts, some of which have been signed recently. Um, you know, the guaranteed money is interesting. No other sports, uh, American sports, you know, have those guarantees in, in the main, giving you know the clubs an option to to get out of these deals if if a player drops below though that value. Or for whatever reason they go into tank mode, <laughs> which as we know with baseball is certainly not out of the equation. So I do think that's an interesting aspect of, of baseball contracts. I find that you know, again from the outside looking in, the the length of these some of these deals is is wild. And you've got guys being contracted into their late thirties, early forties at some serious some serious annual annual values. So does make it interesting um on that aspect so yeah i guess there's a lot there's a lot of discussion that's that's still that's happening and i think fundamentally players are looking for 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 a better package 
when we strip it away, they're looking for a better package, whether that's um, a, a higher base salary, whether that's a higher base minor league salary, which absolutely they should be. So higher bases, higher floors um, for for the players, and then an opportunity for the elite guys to earn more quicker. I guess they're the they're the probably the fundamentals of this from the, yeah again the outside looking in, and they equally want probably a bigger cut of of revenue sharing and the postseason revenues etc. The players clearly the, the people are tuning in for the players and they they want to get a cut a bigger cut of those of those revenues that that they benefit from due to the product that's being put on the field. So there's a lot that the players are looking for, and clearly the owners are trying to minimize all of this. They're trying to, to reduce and minimize their expenditure to the players as much as they can. So they're in absolute direct... They're, they're in direct competition with each other. They're, they're at complete, they're com- completely opposite ends of the scale, which is why it makes it really difficult to get a deal done in a in a in a meaningful way and we're gonna dig into really i guess what it means you know what what can we expect what should we expect what have we seen in 2020 and what are we already seeing now and what does that what does that mean for us but before we do that let's get into bet online and bet online has has you covered all season more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs yep football season continues Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. That's 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet for all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And that's kind of coincidental because at the moment we're in a lockout with Major League Baseball. And the main question that I'm thinking about right now is how or will this impact games? As we get into the new year, into 2022, the calendar year, and we start to look ahead to the spring training dates and pitchers and catchers reporting and all this type of stuff that we get generally excited about at the moment that won't be happening none of this will be allowed to happen the players can't communicate with the clubs one interesting part there is does that mean you know does does that mean players are going to be more available for podcasts i hope so (laughs) this is the daily marlins podcast would absolutely love some some players to hop on and not get into the heavy stuff of the cba although happy to have that conversation but Let's get into some fun stuff. Let's let's look back. Let's look forward. Let's get into some fun topics. But yeah, are the players are the players available for pods? Maybe if you're listening now and you want to hop on, DM me. Make it happen. Monday to Friday, there's always a slot available. So, but at the moment, there is nothing planned. There's dates, but at the moment, there's no CBA in place to allow any of this to happen. So, I guess the question will be: Is what are the risks that we don't get a we don't start on time and when should we at the moment i'm not concerned in general i'm not concerned like we shouldn't panic about 
this happening now at the start of December because in reality there's still you know three months to to broker a deal. I just get the sense that some of these topics that we've already talked about loosely or I loosely talked about some of these topics are huge huge topics that I I think the players and owners will be have a polar opposite view on in the main. This talk about, you know, universal DH and using that as, as a bargaining chip, a small fry compared to some of this other stuff around free agency, arbitration, service time manipulation, minor league salary. Like, these are big, big themes. The universal DH is just, you know, it's minor, relatively minor. So that isn't, that isn't going to cut it. But the one interesting part, though, just kind of thinking about it from the owner's side, I think they've already showed their hand in the main like they showed their hand a little bit in 2020 with obviously the pandemic shortened season what did the owners press for expanded postseason that is exactly what the owners will be targeting expanded postseasons a 162 regular season is expendable in the main from an owner's perspective in my opinion we saw in 2020 a 60 game season was enough 60 games was enough to get a postseason going and thus generate the revenues that were required for the for the postseason. So that's the worrying part. We hope that things will start on time. And we hope as time gets nearer that they will they will get closer and reach an agreement so everything can happen on time. But I'd be shocked. I'd actually be shocked if that happens. And my gut feel is that there's there's games lost in the regular season and we start late. The hope is that they reach an agreement so we actually have a season. I, again, would not be totally shocked if, if 2022 doesn't happen at all. And so this podcast is going to be really tough. This is going to be a year and a half of no games and no content. So boy, oh boy, I'm absolutely working on the program and notes for that now. But I would not be shocked if we didn't have a 22 season. These themes are massive. Massive, massive themes. Clearly the players don't want to not be paid for a year. But are they willing to do it? Are they willing to take a stand to get what they want out of it? Are the owners willing to have no baseball and have effectively no revenue into their into their their businesses? I guess their outgoings will be minimized. So that's... I look at it probably more from the player's side that it's it'll be more harmful to the player's side. Clearly, the owners, they're all rich in themselves. That This isn't their only enterprise. They're, they're doing other things. They'll, their incomes won't be as impacted as the players. And so I think that's what they're banking on. They're banking on that the pressure will be ramped up towards the players and that they will crack first. I, that's my gut feel. That's what they're hoping for. But... You know, I, I do believe that games are at risk due to just the the broadness of some of these topics and the extra investment and funding and remuneration they're looking for from from owners in terms of the, what the players receive. You know, so it's going to be a really tough negotiation. I think the one bit as well is you know, clearly there hasn't been a, a work stoppage since the, what, the mid-90s for, for, for baseball. And... Back in the '90s, there was there was absolutely no Twitter reporting everything, giving everyone an outlet. It was all you know the PR machines. You know, right now, 
everyone's got Twitter. Everyone's fired up on Twitter. There's just going to be so much played out in in social media. All this, uh, you know, hyperbole flying around, blaming each side. We saw it in 2020. You know, even that, where it was, it was a pandemic that brought the end to the season. Even then, when everyone in everyone's best interest was to try and get things going again for probably everyone's sanity and you know a boost to everyone even then they still really struggled to get a deal done in terms of what a 60 game season would look like you know who how much pay are we getting paid is it pro rata all this kind of all these conversations so i i'm concerned i'm concerned about how this will play out and i think we'll all be cringing We'll all be cringing on Twitter about how bad this makes Major League Baseball. But in reality, they don't really care. This is all a numbers discussion in the main, as well as a human rights discussion with the minor leaguers, absolutely. That should not be forgotten. And, you know, it's interesting. They've already started to try and address that in advance of this CBA expiry. I think it was an interesting timing with that, talking about how the players housing situations would be improved um, without any real details being shared of what that meant. So, yeah, guys, this is, you know, I'm hoping to get some guests on the next couple of, next week or two that you'll really understand this topic in more depth and we can start the the discourse on this. What are the main, what are going to be the main talking points? Um, But in the meantime, I think that's a good time to call it for... Well, my first week on Locked On Marlins, I, I appreciate everyone joining me on this thus far. It's been a lot of fun. Like I said, we're now in a lockout. There is no content likely to be coming for the foreseeable, but Locked On Marlins will continue, and I will be doing my very, very best to bring you the best guests and conversations out there, not just on the CBA, which probably by the end we'll, we'll end up thinking about it like I do as the CBA, not the collective bargaining agreement, but the can't be asked. It's just going to be that much that much of a, an annoying topic, but I'm going to do my best to find fun guests to come and look back on fun times from the Marlins, look forward to what the, the Marlins' future may hold, um, and also bring in some, some voices and opinions from, from other teams, not just within the NL East. And that also, just as a final topic, is an interesting discussion whether the divisions... Will will come out at this CBA? Will the divisions still look the same? Will we still have three divisions, or will they go a slightly different route? AL and NL, fifteen teams, no divisions, balanced schedules, bigger playoffs. I'm, you know, it's all it's all up for for debate and discussion. So we'll be having those debates and discussions as we as we go through the next few weeks. Um, so stay tuned. Locked on Marlins has you covered. Absolutely. You know, get yourself subscribed and we will be back next week. I appreciate everyone. But that is Locked on Marlins. Peter Pratt signing out for this week. Back next week.